What's up, Playlisters? Brian from Playlist Wars here. Just want to let you know that while this show is on hiatus, both Gomez and I have separate shows that are part of the Playlist Wars extended universe, if you will. Gomez has the Sleevy G Show, which you can find at SleevyGPodcasts.com. And I have a new show entitled My Weekly Mixtape, which you can find over at MyWeeklyMixtape.com. Both shows are also available on all podcast platforms just by searching Sleevy G Show or My Weekly Mixtape. And Playlist Wars will be back soon. Thank you guys so much for your continued support of the show. This is Ed Kennard from the podcast The Greatest Song Ever Sung Poorly. And you're listening to Playlist Wars. Let the battle begin. Welcome to Playlist Wars. I'm part of the dynamic duo. My name is Brian. Unfortunately, Gomez is dealing with some personal family issues and won't be on tonight's show. But thankfully, we have our close friend and fellow St. Mary's alum, Chris Hartman from the film Exiles, here with us tonight to play the role of Sleevy G. Chris, first off, thank you so much for stepping into the hot seat tonight. I know I speak for both Gomez and I when I say how much we both sincerely appreciate you doing this for us. I'm happy to, and uh, I'm happy to do it anytime. Uh, you guys have had me as a guest a bunch of times. I love you guys. You know I'm a you know a proud supporter of you guys. You know that, and I'm um, I'm really happy to be here. Not one of my all time favorite bands, but I love so many of their songs. So I'm still looking forward to the conversation, and I'm still on a high from my Rams win. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk about anything tonight. Anything you guys want to talk about is a good thing. All right. Well, tonight, our special guest is Patreon playlister and friend of the show, Tim McKay. Tim, thank you for joining us once again. Glad to be here, and I will not be talking about the Rams winning the Super Bowl. (laughs) Oh, there's already tension in the air. I can feel it. All right. But he's a good guy, so it's all right. The war begins. (laughs) This is great. So before we get started, Tim... Let me ask the question we ask everybody at the start of the episode. How difficult did you find it to come up with a top 10 playlist for tonight's topic, The Count of Crows? So this is a a tough one. I know, Chris, you were on the U2 episode. Yes. So I know that would have been very difficult to come up with 10 for that. Bringing it down from 50 to 10 was tough, to be honest. Yeah. So um, I'm a big fan of this band and I had to give myself kind of parameters for making the list. And so um, I told a friend of mine, Patty McGee, she was referenced in the Green Day episode. She got to pick her song, but um, I told her my rules and she told me I was stupid for coming up with the rules (laughs) that I set for myself. So the way I did it was I could only pick two songs from an album. That was my kind of rule or I would have picked my whole list could have been from the first two. So had to do that. And I think I represented kind of the span of their career. Nice. All right. And Chris, same question to you, man. It's a little different because I don't, you know, like he mentioned you too, that's my band. Uh, And there's a couple of other bands that you know I'm really into. This is not one uh, that I'm as into, but as a musician, I have a huge amount of respect for the band. That's number one. And number two, I think I curated my set list more. I channeled a little bit of Gomez because it'll be more greatest hits for me. But besides from that, all joking aside, the way I made my playlist was more like, what songs do I simply enjoy by them? That's it. Like if it was every single song on one album, okay, so be it. I just have to like it. And the song has to mean something to me, just simply, like I said, because I don't know 
the catalog and probably some of the deep cuts as well as some other people do with this band. So I just went with what kicks some butt for me. Well, tonight I'm actually taking an approach I rarely use on this show. Normally, I like to do what Tim does, which is cover as large of a swath of the band's catalog as possible, touching on some hits, some deep cuts, a little bit of everything. But tonight, I am also tipping my hat to Gomez, and I'm going to take the approach, and this is something he's said on the show many times. Are you sleeveless? No, I have sleeves tonight, though. Definitely wearing (laughs) sleeves. These are the songs that resonate with me the most. Album location be damned. Because I was struggling, because... I was trying to pick songs from different albums and I'm like, but really as I'm listening to, cause I listened to every counting crows album leading up to this, as I was building the playlist, I really wanted to kind of make sure I was picking the right stuff. And when I came down to the list, I said, do I really think that this song is better than this one? Mm-hmm. And then I sat back and said, you know what? Gomez isn't here tonight. So I'm going to honor him and I'm just going to go with my gut. Yeah. And that's the way I came up with my playlist tonight. So I'll be very curious to see where the three of us align. I also have Gomez's top 10 track list as well. Excellent. So as we're going through it, I'm going to reveal some of his picks if he aligns with us. So tonight we could very possibly get our first quadfecta on Playlist Wars. Sexy. So it might be a first. <laughs> Highly doubt we'll get a bingo with all four of us, but I digress. So before we get down to business, if you like what you're hearing on Playlist Wars and you want to support the show, please consider becoming a Patreon playlister. It's quite easy. Head over to patreon.com slash Playlist Wars and select whichever tier works best for you. Gomez and I would sincerely appreciate any support you could show us there. And we're always trying to go out of our way to deliver as much extra content to the Patreon family as we possibly can. So tonight, like I said, our topic is the Counting Crows, and the three of us have each individually created a playlist with our top 10 favorite tracks, none of which have been shared between the three of us prior till now. Throughout the episode, we'll each reveal our track ones through track tens one by one, crafting what we each feel is the perfect Counting Crows playlist. After the episode, we turn it over to you, the Playlister family, to vote at PlaylistWarsPodcast.com to decide once and for all which one of us got it right. And if you simply can't decide who you want to vote for while you're visiting the site, you can also listen to each one of our playlists so you can hear where we're coming from with our choices. And you can vote for me. (laughs) (laughs) Later on in the show, we'll each choose our one honorable mention song of the night, which has to be a song that somebody else picked, but you didn't. So now I can't wait to see which one of our playlists, the playlisters fall accidentally in love with so tim oh wait it gets better so tim why don't we anna begins with you come on bro (laughs) come on i thought you were gonna say something about me being in middle america oh you are (laughs) all right so for my track one i like upbeat up tempo songs for my first tracks so this song and kind of doing some research about it. He said he it's a song about himself and kind of how he viewed himself in the world. It comes from August and everything after. It was supposed to be kind of the big song from the album. It was the third single, but he got so burnt out from the first two that he just was like, I'm not promoting it. I don't want to make a video and everything. But I feel like I hear this song more than the other two singles when I do listen to the radio or Sirius and everything. So 
My track one is Rain King. My track two is Rain King. So I won't say anything about my track one, but I like that. I'm a lot like Tim. My playlist start out, I like to start out my, my playlist with happier songs and everything. I want something that gets my head moving right away. So my track one is a little different, but uh, this is a good song, man. It's light, it's jumpy, it's got that mandolin in it. It talks about what goes into like being a musician and it just makes you want to pick up a guitar and a microphone. It's, it's one of my favorites. So I, I will, spoil alert, I do have back-to-back from the same album from one and two. But Rain King is my track, too. Good song, man. All right. Well, we are starting the night off with a trifecta. So I guess all I could say is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although, with a little asterisk on it, because the version I picked oh, here we is go. from 2006's <laughs> New Amsterdam, live at Heineken Music Hall. Nice. This is a stripped down acoustic slow version of the song that they have played over the years. And Colburn and company plays both versions of the song, the fast and slow version. This slow version is simply gorgeous. The lyrics stand out more in the slow version because you're, you're not dancing as much. You're focusing on what he's saying. So when he's singing about mama, 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 why am I so alone? Because I can't go outside. I'm scared I might not make it home. It just punches a lot more. And there's something about Adam's lyrics that I'm going to talk about a lot tonight. Mm -hmm. His lyrics hit me right in the feels. And I'm going to talk about this a lot. This version, as much as I love the original, the, the original is fantastic. It's perfect that way on August and everything after. But as you're going to see in my playlist, I wanted to kind of diversify just a little bit. So by doing that, I chose this version. Did Newfound Glory do a cover of this? Not this time. No. (laughs) (laughs) But the original did reach number four on the Billboard US mainstream rock chart and number 21 on the US mainstream top 40. So even though there was no video and push for it, the song still took off because it's just that damn good. I want to give a shout out to Patreon playlister Anthony Welk, as well as on Twitter to Cactus Pete, Mike Mott, and Dr. Guitar, who all chimed in with my track nine and our first <laughs> trifecta of the night, Rain King. With that being said, Gomez did not pick Rain King. Oh, so we do not have a quadfecta yet from the jump. Yes, <laughs> maybe we will, but we'll have to wait and see. Chris, what do you have for track one? Well, because we, we had talked that I, I don't know the back catalog necessarily. I don't know all the deep tracks as much. My track one should not be a shock. And I already said it's back to back from the same album. So it is Mr. Jones. And look, this song was everywhere. When I was throughout eighth grade into sophomore year, it's a song I've had a ton of fun singing, playing over the years. I've heard, look, I, I said before, I like to start my playlist with foot stompers, head boppers. This is one of them. I mean, that's one of the songs that talks about being famous and dating when you're famous and it's insanely fun and catchy. And I think it kind of mirrors how if two guys were having a conversation where they're having a couple beers in them and the conversation starts turning, 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 you know, it goes in that direction. So it's a bit cliched. I know that I just don't care because I love the freaking song. So I'm starting my number one on my playlist with Mr. Jones. Great song. And I have so many memories from this song, man. So many memories of when the song was playing in the background. Well, good news and bad news. (laughs) The good news, Gomez also had Mr. Jones as his track one. The bad news, I do not have it in my playlist. What the hell's wrong with you, bro? Like, (laughs) Here's why. I hated the song when it first came out. 
I did not like Mr. Jones to the point that it wasn't until a long time in the future that Mm -hmm. I even gave the Counting Crows a chance. And when I gave them a chance at a later date and time that I will talk about later on, one of my friends said, you need to go back and listen to August and everything after in its entirety. And I'm like, oh, but Mr. Trust me. (laughs) And I did. And since that moment, it has become one of my favorite albums of the 90s and one of my favorite albums of all time, to be perfectly honest. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, because I have a decade in my mind where the song was in the Ixnay bucket, (laughs) I didn't include it here, but I am going to represent August and everything after in a different way. So that is why it did not make my list in hindsight. I should not have been so hard on the song because in the album, it's perfect, but I'm doing my high school, Brian, a nod by not including it. (laughs) Also, I want to give a shout out to JB. Maria Emma and our friends at Latin Jukebox, who also chimed in with Mr. Jones. Tim? So I, I guess we have a double axe, maybe. I don't know how to, what we call this, but it's not on my list either. I had, I guess it's, it's obviously everyone's introduction, or most everyone's introduction to Counting Crows. And while I didn't have necessarily the kind of negative reaction to it that Brian did, it wasn't mm-hmm. what really got me into the band and kind of similar to Brian, like it took me a bit to get August and everything after. So my oldest sister, cause I saw that I, in a phone call conversation or something and just was asking her what sort of music are you listening to these days? And she brought up August and everything after, and obviously Mr. Jones. And then I had just seen them on Saturday night live. And I don't know, I won't, I guess, spoil too much with that in case someone <laughs> picks the the song that kind of broke them from that show. But <laughs> I wasn't a big fan of that performance either. And we're just like, uh, I don't know about this band. And then she like, just listened to the CD. And I think that sort of like Brian as well in its entirety, Mr. Jones makes, I liked it more when I was listening to it, I didn't necessarily like it on the radio, but I love it on the CD. So. All right. Well, moving on to my track one, as well as bouncing off what you were just saying, Tim, I've talked about this a lot on the show before. I'm a sucker for a good opening album track Mm -hmm. and what better album opener as well as band introduction opener. Do you get besides my track one round here? the opening track from August and everything after the song reached number 31 on the billboard hot 100 airplay chart, number seven on the modern rock tracks chart, number 10 on the mainstream top 40 chart and number 11 on the album rock tracks chart. The song was actually written years earlier by Adam's old band, the Himalayans. And the original version of the song is actually a driving hard rock song. Most people have never even heard this version. I'm going to embed the video at playlistwarspodcast.com on the Counting Crows page because I think people are going to be blown away when they hear this version for the first time because the lyrics are there, the song is there, but it's more of a driving rock song. So it really makes you see the evolution it went from the Himalayans into the Counting Crows. Dr. Guitar chimed in with this song on Twitter and he brought this point up and I have to completely agree with him. The bridge of this song is so damn funky and perfect. This song hits on so many dynamic fronts. It's truly an epic way to introduce the band. And I'm going to talk about lyrics a lot tonight, but this song has just one of them that hits me. 
and she walks along the edge where the ocean meets the land, just like she's walking on a wire in the circus. Being a big beach guy, I feel that lyric. And I feel like when I was dating my wife and we would go to the beach together and she'd be walking next to me on the ocean. Like I feel those moments when I hear those lyrics sang. So shout out on Patreon to DR Owens 901. And on Twitter, there's a lot of them. Cactus Pete, Carlos Amaya, Mr. Brownstone, Jen Cohen, Michael's Record Collection Podcast, Designated Quizzers Podcast, Greg Vorab, and Hypothetical, a What If Podcast, all chimed in with my track one, Round Here. Gomez has Round Here as his track eight. Nice. So, so far, two out of the four. Chris, what do you got? He's nuts on my playlist uh, oh is, well you know we'll see if it makes it to the honorable mentions later on but it is not on my playlist it is however exactly what you said it was it is a fantastic song i'm interested in hearing the version that you mentioned so i'll absolutely look that up you know it's one of those things when you're narrowing it down to 15 16 then you got to get it down to 11 then you got to get it down to 10 let's say it was in the conversation just missed it all right and tim you said you only picked two songs from each <laughs> album so is this the other song from August and everything after. It is not. Um, And so this is the song I referenced from the Saturday Night Live performance that Adam has said that performance is kind of what broke the band. Yeah. That was what everyone saw and album sales skyrocketed after that performance. I was at an age and not really understanding kind of live performances and how you can kind of not sing exactly the way you hear it on an album and sort of interpret things differently. And so I was like, oh, this is, what is this? I want to be able to sing along to the song that I know. And so it took me obviously getting older and seeing them in concert to sort of really appreciate the fact that you can do so much with the song and the lyrics are very meaningful and everything. And it's a great song, but just, again, I, I gave myself those rules and it's not my, my second choice from the album i do think it's cool that our first songs are all from august and everything after yeah definitely yeah. well i mean when you talk about debut albums being iconic this has to be in the conversation it's gotta be it's gotta be for sure all right tim we are back to you for track two then so my track two i listened to and i don't know if you guys have listened to he did a interview with bill simmons on bill simmons's on the ringer podcast and referenced the story behind this song and kind of wish Gomez were here because it's a references a movie and an actress and everything. And so again, like Brian was saying, Adam's lyrics are amazing and just the words that he shares with everyone. And so this song is about his kind of fantasies and sort of love affairs with actresses that he sees on screen and just sort of falls for them. And this specific actress he ended up meeting while recording the album and brought her into the studio during recording and she walked out with a tape of the song and the band after she left was having a lot of difficulties recording the song and getting the right version and everything and she ended up having that tape of one of the takes and he went to her house heard this version and then just like I need that back and went back to the studio they played it exactly like that and that's the version that you hear on the album so it's from this desert life it's Mrs. Potter's lullaby Chris 
it, it did not make my playlist. It's not, uh, I can't say I'm ultra familiar with the song. So I'm not going to sit here online and be like, oh, I know everything. I do know the song, surprisingly. I do know it. Um, but I, I'm not ultra familiar with it. One of the coolest things before I pass it back to you, Brian, is that when you talk to somebody who's a fan of a band, you get to hear like some of those little tidbits because, you know, Tim's all into like the interviews and stuff like that. Like I know Bono's dumb interviews from 1998, you know, or whatever he did. And James Hetfield from Metallica, I know a bunch of stuff that he said that he probably wishes he could take back. <laughs> and um, it, it, it's really, those are the kind of tidbits that you like. And it, it shows you how much he really likes the band. You know what I mean? This band freaking means something to him. And that's awesome, Tim. I just want to say that as a side note, I think that's great. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Chris, you are getting the proverbial ax because not only did Mrs. <laughs> Potter's lullaby make my list, it is my track 10. Wow. It is my favorite song from the Counting Crows. And it's the song that introduced me to the Counting Crows where my friends said you need to go back and listen wow. to August and everything after. So kind of poetic that it just flowed in the conversation into that story. But this is also quite possibly one of my favorite songs of all time. The lyrics in this song, I'm going to read a few of them, and I promise you, I will try to not get a lump in my throat and get <laughs> the hair on my arms to stand up. But one of my favorite lyrics of all time that literally brings me to tears every single time I hear it. If dreams are like movies, then memories are films about ghosts. I literally, the hair on my arms are standing up as I just speak it. When I hear it in the song, I get choked up. I've performed this song before, and I almost was not able to sing that line. That's how much it means to me. It's one of my favorite lyrics of all time, hands down, hard stop. But other lines in this song, the price of a memory is the memory of the sorrow it brings. Oh, my God. That's my favorite lyric. Yeah, yeah that's deep. That's and deep. then all the razor perceptions that cut just a little too deep. And the last one. You could see a million miles tonight, but you can't get very far. Like the lyrics in this song are just so perfect. It literally brings a tear to my eye. I love this song so much. It reached number three on the Billboard US Adult Alternative Songs chart and number 40 on the Adult Top 40 chart. And hell, they named their damn greatest hits album <laughs> after that first lyric, Films About <laughs> Ghosts. Shout out on Twitter to Kingsley Dwyer and our friend Ben Montgomery at the Records Revisited podcast, who also chimed in with this. My favorite Counting Crows song, my track 10, Mrs. Potter's Lullaby, did not make Gomez's list. So we'll talk about that offline after when I chime <laughs> into that one. I'm just really excited that Mr. Brownstone gave us a shout out on, <laughs> on the previous one. You were like, the Mr. Brownstone. I was like, hey, I love that song. Great. That's awesome. Who knew he was a fan of the Counting Crows? Yeah, or, or, or a fan of Playlist Wars. That's even more amazing. <laughs> well, Chris, your track two was The Rain King. So we are moving on to my track two. I'm chipping away at my playlist quickly here, but I'm going to go off of 1996's Recovering the Satellites. This song reached number five on the Billboard U.S. Modern Rock Tracks chart. Interestingly enough, the song was not eligible to chart on the Hot 100 since it was never released as a physical single, which at that time was a rule. Had it been, it probably would have charted much higher. This song is about reflecting on a tragedy in your life with a positive disposition, and it's something I've dealt with a lot in my life. And... One of my favorite lyrics in this song, 
I guess the winner makes you laugh a little slower, makes you talk a little lower about all the things you could not show her. My track two, a long December. I know for a fact, because Gomez and I talked about an hour before we started recording, he wanted <laughs> me to make sure I stated that this is his favorite Counting Crows song and also his track five. Shout out on Patreon to DR Owens 901 and on Twitter to Jeff Scoble, Leah at the She Will Rock You podcast, Stevie at the On the Flight podcast. Once again, Ben Montgomery at the Records Revisited podcast, Stan Solo, Metal Mark, Mike Mott, Greg Vorab, and Mr. Kincaid, who all chimed in with my track two, A Long December. That is my track three, is A Long December. So it's a ballad, but it's an alternative ballad. And as a musician, sometimes I find myself liking those a tad more than big rock ballads. I like alternative ballads. Um, you said it. It's a deeper track. Looking back on the past, recognizing that there's tragedy back there, but I think things are going to get better. Um, I think if you didn't mention it, uh, I, I, I know Tim knows this. Is I think it was written after Adam's friend was hit by a car mm -hmm. and the poor guy was going back and forth between the hospital and the studio, which means the song to me has this great representation of the glamour of being famous and everything that goes with that and the glitz of all of that while still realizing that human suffering and tragedies like accidents and sicknesses are still going to occur not going to stop somebody from getting cancer and it's not going to stop somebody from getting hit by a car or something like that. That kind of stuff is still going to happen. But at the end, even with all of that, the song still ends on this beautiful uplifting note. You know, the na 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 is just so great. Leaves you on that wonderful, hopeful note telling you it's not all going to be sad. Me, it's a beautiful song. That's my number three. Tim. So it's my track five. All right. Uh, so <laughs> quadfecta. Our first ever quadfecta on Playlist Wars. Very, very nice. I feel this is their best song that they've ever written. And so like what Brian was saying, kind of the, even Adam in an interview kind of mentioned that he sort of took a different spin on it because a lot of his, at least this album is kind of very melancholy and sort of down. And for him to kind of be trying to be positive and, maybe this year will be better than the last. And so that's kind of a different sort of lyrical take on stuff that he you, had been writing for this specific album. So my favorite lyric, I'm also a lyric guy. And so this kind of hits a lot, the song in particular, but my favorite lyric, and I actually use this in my, um, for my senior quote in college in the yearbook, but um, so it's, I can't remember all the times I've tried to tell myself to hold on to these moments as they pass. So that's the one that yeah. stands out so much yeah. to me and just really love this song and think it's the best thing that they've done from a single standpoint. Yeah, you guys are talking about lyrics, both of you. And I mean, that whenever you're, you start getting a song that can make you remember you know, certain things in your life and also make you feel like I want to take that moment. I want to freeze it, implant it into my brain. I even maybe want to go back in time a la, you know, Doc Brown and see if I can get back there into that moment. And that song does that in a lot of ways. It's not just the lyrics, it's the way I feel when I hear the song and everything, but, uh, you know, capturing those moments and everything. It's just, it is, I think it's a beautiful song. I think Chris, what you mentioned kind of like the rock ballad and compared to the alternative ballad and, I don't know any of the people that you named in terms of your shout outs and everything, but if you just had someone named Mr. Metal, liking yeah. a long December and picking that as the song, it kind of tells mm. you what 
that song can mean to a wide variety of people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And hell, it's a quadfecta, which has never <laughs> happened on this show before. So that should speak volumes in and of itself. Boom. Boom. Chris, Boom. <laughs> your track three is a long December. We so, are on to track three. So, Tim, what do you have for your track three? All right. So Brian is a fan of cover songs. This is a cover. And uh, the first time I heard them perform this was at a concert. I saw them in concert out in Denver. Um, it was uh, John Mayer, Counting Crows, and Maroon 5. And Adam Duritz was just hanging out by the soundboard during Maroon 5. They were the ones that opened the show. And so it's by a band that I was not, still am not necessarily a big fan of, but my my brother is. And he um, he passed away this in 2021. And so this so I'm including it on the list kind of as a sort of shout out to him just because he's a fan of the band. But this version is a lot slower than the actual version of the song. And I really like the kind of slowed down version of it. So my track three comes from their the greatest hit CD, the film's about Ghost CD, and it's Friend of the Devil by The Grateful Dead. It's a, a great song. It's not on my list. Uh, first and foremost, I'm really sorry about your your loss. Definitely, same here. Same I'm, here. I'm, Thank I'm you. I'm really sorry. Uh, this the last two years has been awful. Whether a person passed away from COVID or not, whatever, it doesn't matter. We've lost way too much in the last two years. Uh, I have too. I know exactly how I feel. It's terrible. I'm really, really sorry, and I'm really happy that a song can connect you to your brother that way. That is a, a beautiful choice. I have not heard the cover version. I know the original. And that's what I was mentioning as being, I apologize, I should have clarified, I'm talking about the original. So sure. I will look up this cover as soon as we are done recording tonight. And honor to your brother, man. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Obviously, I am a huge fan of cover songs, but I will say tonight that I don't have any cover songs in my track list because I really wanted to focus on the lyrics that this is a different sure. episode for me because normally I'm not a lyric guy. There was only one other episode that I really said I'm going to dive into some lyrics, and that was Tom Petty, because there are, are very few musicians that speak to me lyrically. And those musicians are Tom Petty, Adam Duritz of the Cannon Crows and John Popper of Blues Traveler. Those three really hit me in the heart with their lyrics. So unfortunately, no cover songs on my list tonight, but I do absolutely love that version. Absolutely. Um, Petty actually also covers. I don't know if you know heard that version also. But. Yes, that one is. It, I, I mean, look, the original's great. The covers are great. I don't. There's a ton of covers of Friend of the Devil. It seems to be right, a very popular right. dead song to take on. Sure. Yeah. But it's one that seems almost inviting to cover because it's just just one of those songs that could go in so many different directions so easily and effortlessly. Right. Right. By yeah. the way that the Counting Crows were able to slow it down and it still holds true to the original. So I do find that very interesting. So unfortunately did not make my list, but going from two slower songs that you guys had for your track threes, I'm going to flip the script and do literally the heaviest song we will probably talk about tonight. I'm going back to recovering the satellites, my track three, Angels of the Silences, Reach number three on the U.S. Billboard Modern Rock Tracks chart, number 45 on the Hot 100 Airplay chart, and number 19 on the Adult Alternative Songs chart. I don't think I'm going out on a limb by saying this is the band's heaviest song, 
I truly think it is. Adam said on VH1 Storytellers that the song is, quote, not just about finding things to believe in. It's about wanting to be able to believe in anything, too. Yeah. And it's all the voices that get inside your head and whisper for you to do it or not do it as well. And when I think back to where I was in 1996, even though I wasn't a major fan of the Counting Crows until 99 with Mrs. Potter's Lullaby, like I talked about, when I went back and revisited Recovering the Satellites, this song really rang true to me because that story spoke to where I was at that time. Yeah. So that's why this song means so much to me now. And I want to give a shout out on Patreon to Eric Chael, who chimed in with this one. This one wasn't mentioned by a lot of people. And we have pages of songs that people chimed in with. The only other one on Twitter was LI sports fan chimed in with this one as well. But I don't know if you'd call it a deeper cut because of where it charted. It's definitely on their greatest hits album, but you don't hear them playing it live as much. It's definitely one of the more rockier oriented tracks. So I wanted to kind of stay true to my hard rock vibes and I couldn't not include this one on my track list. So my track three angels of the silences. It is my track six. Nice. This is definitely a, you know, deeper, a little more serious, a little heavier than, you know, kind of the lighter airier songs that you would have gotten before from them. But I, me personally, I love the fact that the song just doesn't stop. It punches you constantly from beginning to end. There is a slower bridge but it just never lets up. And this proved that Counting Crows can rock. It proved that they can rock. It's got grungy guitar. It hits you in all those angles. It's got a great guitar solo. It's got a rocking guitar solo. And I like what you were talking about. It's got this meaning about faith, faith in anything, faith in people, faith in love. doesn't have to be religion. A person is leaving the singer. I think that's like the center of the song and he's losing faith and he's got to fight to get it back. And like you said, it's the angels' silences are like representing the voices that are in his head, talking to him about the different choices and fighting on which is the best choice to make and where you are in that particular moment of your life. So, yeah, this is, this is definitely a song that is it a deeper track? Eh, like you said, it's out there. It's on greatest hits. I like it. I, and it, and it, like I said, to me, it just showed that these guys can kick. They can rock it. I think the word for the song I would use is relentless. Yeah, it just does not stop. Tim. Do we have a trifecta with this one? We do not. I love the song. Again, my sort of two song rule kicked this one out. It's definitely, as of now, top of the list for my extra, my track 11. It is pounding. It kind of just gets you going. And I think it definitely stands out on Recovering the Satellites and obviously stands out in the catalog. The lyrics are very... You can picture a lot of the things you can really relate to what he's talking about. Just the little angels reading you like an open book and kind of knowing what's these voices in your head kind of know what's going on and you have to kind of make the decision on your own, but definitely love the song. Unfortunately, didn't make my list. I guess you'd call this a half seas because Gomez did not have this on his list either. Tim, we are back to you now for track four. All right. So my track four, I kind of drifted away from the Counting Crows after kind of the late aughts, I guess, after Saturday nights and Sunday mornings, that album, nothing really connected for me on that. And their subsequent albums, their cover album, and then their Somewhere Under Wonderland album, just while there were some good songs, they just didn't hit me like the older stuff. And so I would always kind of find myself listening to stuff from when I was younger. And then 
this past year started reading press about this new suite that they had the four song EP and listening to interviews like I mentioned with him on the ringer podcast and everything that I was reading was just super positive about this EP that that was coming out and so listened to it and the song I picked kind of reminded me a lot of older material and the lyrics and the way that he was telling a story that I could kind of picture again and so my track four from that is the single Elevator Boots. Um, I found myself just kind of singing along after hearing it, like I'd be done and just sort of, it was so catchy. And I went to college in San Antonio. And so there's a line, I met Alice near the Alamo one summer in San Antonio. So I kind of, obviously anything that can kind of shout out a city that I enjoy being in, I appreciate it. So just really liked it. It was, I liked the fact that it harkened back to the old days, but still was kind of fresh. San Antonio is such a cool town, by the way. It's just a kick-ass town. And it's, I've had a lot of fun down in, in there a couple of times, only once or twice. Well, there's a couple of nights I can't remember. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> you know, San Antonio is definitely a great town. And the, the, the song's not on my list, um, but exactly what you said. I love the way it makes you feel. I love the memories of Sparks. And then you would talk about the lyrics and you're like, hey, not only does it remind me of maybe somebody I met, but it reminds me of a really cool time in a really cool town. Uh, so that's awesome. So no, good, good track, man. This is where the guilt starts to set in, Tim. <laughs> I swear to God, this was on my playlist nah, until you're this morning. You're it up. Hand to God, <laughs> hand to God, hand to God. Very good chance that this is going to be my honorable mention. I love this song. However, there's a song I switched it for that I loved just a bit more because I listened to them back to back and I said, do I really want to go new or do I want to go this? And when we get to that song, I'll explain it in a little more and maybe you'll understand why. I liked including it just because it does kind of cover the span. This was sort of the now compared to the then. So I wanted to kind of have it and represent that. Yeah, oh, I get it, dude. And, and this is me breaking out of that mold. So this is definitely the top contender right now for my honorable mention. And I don't see many songs topping it, but we'll see where we go from there. Chris, you are up now for track four. So my track four, I went to 2008 and I went to Saturday nights and Sunday mornings and I'm going with, you can't count on me. So that's my track four. So I'm going with another single, but I explained why I, I did that. So I'm not an Uber fan, but uh, I feel that this song disappeared off the charts a little too quickly. And in my opinion, it deserved a little more internet play and a little more airplay. Now this album overall has this clean kind of like Americana inspired production. I thought this song was a really good example of that. The vocals are a little more soulful here and they're kind of playful despite the heavier message that's going on. Basically saying that you might think I'm somebody you can count on. You can't. It's meant to be this punch in the gut. This relationship, the friendship, the family, whatever it might be, thinks they can rely on you, but they can't. And it hurts when we come to terms with that. It hurts when we realize that that's true, but it can be a little freeing as well. So it's a little bit of a deeper song and I really want it on my playlist. I enjoy it. So this is not, for me, number four is you can't count on me from Saturday nights and Sunday mornings. Well, I will just go out on a limb and say that I didn't pick anything from that album, <laughs> but I have no disrespect for that album. It just didn't resonate with me when it first came out. It's different. But in listening to it in this catalog dive that I did, I really enjoyed it, but did it crack my top 10? And I couldn't find a song that would based on the ones I picked. No hate for the song. 
just didn't crack the top 10 area. Tim, did you can't count on me make yours? <laughs> um, I could not count on the song making the list. Um, <laughs> sorry. Good old dad jokes. <laughs> so it is my favorite song on that album. I will say that. But it's a little bit slower of an album, and which is kind of weird to say because a lot of like recovering the satellites is generally kind of slower. And I really like that album, but it just now it the songs didn't connect as much as others did. But that is my favorite song from that album. All right, so we are moving on to my track four. And Tim, I am going to dedicate my track four to you, sir. Thank you. It's a long distance dedication because Chris and I are both in New Jersey and you, sir, are in somewhere in middle America. Yes. My track for Omaha never released as a single, but it's a staple for the band. So in the Counting Crows universe, this song is a hit. They play it live all the time. Charlie Gilliam's accordion on this song is perfect. Dare I say, this is my favorite accordion in a song that's not by Weird Al Yankovic. I mean, then you add in uh, Dave Immergluck's mandolin. Musically, this song is lush, is the word that I came up with. There's so much going on. When you listen to this in headphones, there's just beautiful instrumentation going on. And this song really, really hits for me. Lyrics, once again, start threading the needle brush past the shuttle that slides through the cold room, start turning the wool across the wire, roll a new life over. My God. Shout out on Twitter to Carlos Amaya and our friends at the designated quizzers podcast. My track for Omaha. Oh, and, and because I'm a giants fan, Eli likes to say Omaha, Omaha before he snaps <laughs> the ball. So there's that too. It's <laughs> great. I, uh, because of the way my playlist is constructed, you shouldn't be surprised that it's not there, but two <laughs> thumbs up. No, seriously, two thumbs up. And it's great. But yeah, it's just, a, unfortunately, it would miss mine just because the way I'm putting my playlist together and where I went with the songs. Tim, I know you have one song on your list already from August every, so I get to ask again, did Omaha make your playlist? Omaha, Omaha. <laughs> I'm, I'm calling an audible. No, um, <laughs> It did not make my list. Again, a great song. I think the lyric that you chose, like who puts that stretch of words together in a song? Unbelievable. Just, yeah. Fortunately, didn't make my list. Nor did it make Gomez's either. So moving on to track five, Tim, you had a long December. So Chris, we are right back to you. So track five, I went with 2002's Hard Candy and I'm going with American Girls. So for me, come on, Cheryl Crow, single Counting Crows, come on. I love Cheryl Crow too. So you're putting the two of them together. Count me in. Simple as that. It's a radio friendly album. Let's be honest, right? Hard Candy is a radio friendly album. And I think this song is a good representation of radio friendly. It's poppy, pretty damn catchy. You're humming the song. Admit it. If anybody's thinking about the song right now, you're humming it right now. I don't care. You're definitely humming it. Old school keyboard, old school synthesizers, a bit of a more jangly sounding guitar, I would say. And I actually really like Cheryl Crow's backing vocals. She's very smooth and kind of airy in this to go along with Adam's vocals. And what's secretly great about the song to me when I re-listened to it, and I was looking at the lyrics, is you think it's about the fun of like American girls, right? Oh, we're just, you know, partying and stuff like that. No, it's about a guy who took his girlfriend for granted, thought she was easily replaceable. She leaves, he freaks, but can't take responsibility for it. So like a lot of Counting Crows songs, you think they're kind of airy and they ain't. 
there's a lot more going on under the surface. And that was one of these songs. So number five is American Girls for me. I love this tune. I love it as well. It didn't make my list because I didn't really go in the poppy direction with mine. Mm -hmm. I went more with the lyrics that kind of hit home. Sure. But I do love this song. We did a whole episode gushing about Sheryl Crow. Yeah, Sheryl Crow deserves Mark Trojanowski gush, from yeah. Sister Hazel. So if you haven't heard that episode, go back and give that one a listen. That was fantastic. I was damn near debating putting that in the Sheryl Crow playlist, but she was kind of the guest, yeah. the background yeah. person. Kind of the same reason why nobody thought to even include picture by Kid Rock because she mm -hmm. was kind of the guest on it and didn't really take the song over. But again, she slid right into that track effortlessly. Easy. Her voice yeah. is perfect. I love the song. Shout out to Patreon playlister Anthony Welk, who had this one. But I and if, as I'm seeing here, Gomez did not. Okay. Tim, American Girls. It did not make my list. And actually, I have no songs from Hard Candy on my list oh. either. So there's a couple that were on the fence, but did not make it on there. But yeah, it is a great catchy song. And like you mentioned, it's kind of floating through my head right now as you, <laughs> you brought it's, that up. You know, it's kind of like when we did the U2 episode, and I know we have done other episodes, but that's my favorite band. So I'll go back to it. But when we did the U2 episode, the guys were constantly asking me about two albums in particular, Joshua Tree and Octoon Baby, right? Because you're like, well, those are the big albums. And as a fan, yeah, I like a lot. Of course, I love a lot of the songs on there. But when I make my top 10, I'm kind of like, I typically shy away from those. I had one, you know, I mean, that's going to be on there, but I'm shying away. And with you being an Uber fan, that totally makes sense. Because this is a radio friendly album. It really is. It's just like poppy, catchy, radio friendly album. So it would make sense that you would kind of go to that and be like, you know what? There's other songs here that mean a lot more to me than that. All right. So now we're moving on to my track five. And here's where I'm going to go. I guess you would say deeper with a cut, but not really. The song did reach number one on the Billboard US Alternative Songs chart, number 20 on the adult top 40 chart. But it was a previously unreleased track that can only be found on their Films About Ghosts Greatest Hits compilation. My track five, She Don't Want Nobody Near. It's good too. I absolutely love this song. It's about people who are uncomfortable in the company of other people, but also tired of being alone and are trying to juggle those two opposite feelings layered into this happy go lucky <laughs> song. This song was me before I met my wife to a T obviously not the she part, but the story was what I was going through. So this song really stuck with me. The first time I heard this song, my wife and I were in Arizona the day before the 2008 Giants Super Bowl victory when they beat the undefeated New England Patriots. Just throwing that extra part. Screw in you, Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> Even a Rams fan was rooting for you, man. Go ahead. <laughs> the David and Goliath story. So we were in a mall just walking around, waiting to check in at the hotel, wasting time. I was kind of going into every store, got any Super Bowl stuff, got any, like trying to just get my hands on everything I could. And I think we were in Coles or something. And I heard this song over the loudspeaker and I literally stopped and stood by a speaker and listened to the whole song. Cause I had never heard it before. And I booked over to Best Buy back in 2008 when Best mm -hmm. Buy sold CDs. <laughs> and I went to the County Crow section and I looked and I'm like, Oh, it's on this compilation. And I grabbed it. And we listened to that song and that compilation for a lot of the rest of the trip. So every time I hear that song, it brings me back to that one of the greatest weeks of my life. <laughs> the lyrics hit me as it got on and I realized what the song was about. But every time I hear it, 
I'm instantly back in that store standing under that music speaker, listening to the song going, this is incredible. I need this song and I need it right now. My track five, she don't want nobody near. It did not make my list. So I'll be upfront and say it didn't. But like I broke in and interrupted you a second ago, and I apologize for doing so. Good song. And I do. I, I There's some fines there because I, I love it when a band does that too. Like the greatest hits isn't just, you know, Mr. Jones and all the rest of them. No, you get stuff like that. I think that's great. So yeah, that's an album I have. I still have it. Same as you. I got the CD. You don't collect a lot of CDs anymore, um, but it's in my collection. So I know. Speaking <laughs> of the guy with 4,000 of them, I don't like I that negative talk here on Play You know Wars. what? I still, I, I'm, I've been grabbing vinyl though, man. I've been doing it. I've been grabbing vinyl. I love it. I do occasionally still pick up the stray CD when I want it. But I mean, I love vinyl. I'm, I'm oh, whatever. I'm, I'm I love like it that. too. But if I'm in a record store and the CD copies $9.99 and the vinyl's $45.99, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. you bet your ass which one I'm buying. Yeah, we're middle class here. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> Tim, she don't want nobody near. Do you want that anywhere near your playlist? Come on. So. <laughs> Man, that was good. I liked that. <laughs> good segue. Um, so I made when I found out that I would be doing this episode, I immediately like made my list. And I because I I overthink things and just go back and forth too much. And so I'm like, okay, these are my 10. I'm going with it. And she don't want nobody near was on that initial 10. And then I went back and listened to films about ghosts and heard friend of the devil and thought, okay, let me put that on because there's the tie into my brother. And so she don't want nobody near then got booted from the list. Love the song. Obviously my favorite lyric, the verse that includes the line, she says, I'm okay. It's all right. Hey, look who's on TV tonight. Like that's the lyric that just, I love singing that over and over because she's kind of the character in there. It's just sort of trying to not reveal herself is trying to hide from things and it's just like oh hey look who's on tv to try to distract you from what's going on with her and i just loved that it just always caught on with me so great choice unfortunately it didn't make my final list well after hearing your story about why when you were talking about friend of the devil i completely get it and i would have done the exact same thing got booted for a good reason man yeah very good reason yeah all right so flipping the album over here we're on to side B because Chris likes the expensive vinyl. Yeah. I'm bougie like that. So six, we're side B. Yeah. <laughs> your side B has already started because your track six was angels of the silences. Yes, sir. So Tim, what do you have for track six? Okay. So I do. I, like I mentioned with ranking, I like leading off. So side B has to be kind of upbeat as well. So you mentioned his name earlier, Ben Montgomery and the Records Revisited podcast. So they did an episode, a great episode on this desert life that I recommend people listen to. And they had a great discussion about this song. And I feel like this song should have been a single. It should have been a lot more pop. It should be just as ubiquitous as Rain King and everything. So lyrically, it's very, you can picture everything again, just great storytelling. So my favorite lyric from this, and again, this would work well as a senior quote or work if you're morbid work perfectly on a tombstone there are people who will say that they knew me so well i may not go to heaven i hope you go to hell so my track six is saint robinson and his cadillac dream nice very very nice it didn't make my list and and i'm not going to sit here and be like oh i think it, it was like in my top 15 it was almost there it wasn't i like this desert life i actually really that when i was listening 
and re-listening to try to narrow it down to what I wanted. This was one of the albums that like I kind of rediscovered and it's, you know, how like you rediscover bands, you're like, oh, I'm really happy that I'm listening to these over and over again because I don't know them as well as you guys do. I don't know this band as well as you guys do. And I'm happy I did. And that's a good one, man. It's a good choice. It didn't make my list, but that's awesome. And it does have very good lyrics, which I feel like we sent 15 times tonight. I feel like we just said that over and over again, but this group deserves it. They deserve that comment. So good choice, man. Yeah, we're going to say it some more. I'm, I'm just guessing <laughs> putting that out there. It did not make my list, but I will give a shout out as well to Ben at Records Revisited because he chimed in with a bunch of songs on Twitter and I mm-hmm. immediately slid into his DMs and like, dude, <laughs> you and me, man, like three out of the four songs you picked are rocking my playlist tonight. I'm like, so- you and I normally don't align musically, but for some reason with Counting Crows, we're right there. And I had a hard time not putting this one in, but I did go in a little bit different direction, but three of the other songs he did have. So we were right there. And I I love that show. They're great guys. Shout out to them. So Tim, you and I are down a vote already, by the way. We're already down a vote. You know that we're down now because he's already getting that and he's getting probably their whole podcast to vote for him. We're stuck. (laughs) So I will tell you the four songs that he mentioned. I'll just leave that as a a dot, dot, dot. Okay. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> so we'll 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 see if brian does get their vote or his vote. yeah i don't know i yeah, sometimes i piss ben off with some of the musical choices <laughs> i make so i think i'm on thin ice as it is but that's great my track six was not mentioned by ben so who knows what he thinks about this one but i'm going back to august and everything after and i'm gonna talk about a song that's simply put it's the perfect song about denial something I lived in for a very, very long time when I was fighting and dealing with depression. And there's a lyric in this song that means a lot to me. And it's, but I'm sure there's something in the shade of gray or something in between. And I can always change my name if that's what you mean. And I'm going with my track six, Anna Begins. Songs like this is why August and Everything After is now one of my favorite albums. I don't get deep a lot on this show. This album And a lot of the Counting Crows songs makes me think at a deeper level and really hits me at a personal level. So I do want to give a shout out on Twitter to Deep Cuts, Lost and Found, the It's Rock Radio and Podcast, the F My Work Life Podcast, Mike Mott, the Watch Out Horror Movie Review Podcast, and the Designated Quizzers Podcast, who all had this one. Tim, I get to ask the question again. Now, knowing Ben's list, I already have some insider info. However, for the sake of those listening, I know you have two songs. Is Anna Begins your second song from August and everything after? It would be my third song if I gave myself three songs. So it is not, but it's a killer song. Just amazing lyrics. I love, I think you mentioned the lyric about Gray and one of the things that you find in his songs throughout the entirety of the catalog is just these, these references to gray makes its appearance in so many different songs. And you have a, like the word shame is mentioned in multiple songs on multiple albums. And then you get Maria is mentioned in multiple songs and everything. And so I think for some people that can be, Oh, he's being lazy because he just references other things, but I think it all, is purposeful. And I think it just makes you think more and makes you understand themes and what 
he feels is important. And that's as a, a fan that you can then connect with, hey, this person is writing something important that you also think is important, that you, you understand. And so I think that's really cool just from a connection standpoint. All right. Well, we are moving on now to track seven. So Tim, you are up, sir. Okay. You can stop asking me the question now. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> this is my second song from August and everything after. So it's a song about a girl that Adam was dating and would go on, lived on the other side of the Bay area. And sorry, Brian, I'm watching you on zoom your reaction no because i know where you're going (laughs) so it's just about kind of him knowing that it it's not going to work out and just everything going into it is just too many circumstances for it to not work out so i love the harmonies in the song that's kind of the thing that really stands out that it's just a very very pretty song and so my track seven is sullivan street nice Nice. It's it's not online, but you know what? We said before you could really make an entire show just off that album if you wanted to, and right. um, it's exactly what you said. The beauty is there, and maybe every song isn't necessarily a banger, so to speak, but every single song has some sort of meaning, especially now that we're listening to it as adults and we're no longer in high school and college anymore. So For good sure. choice, man. For sure. Yeah. Oh my God. My playlist is going to get closed so quickly tonight. (laughs) That is my track eight. Nice. And there's a couple of reasons behind it, but first I'll just say the lyric that really just hits me. If she remembers, she hides it whenever we meet either way. Now I don't really care. And damn, like you just feel it. And the song is beautiful. It is a beautiful song. The melody the piano. It's relaxing. It's soothing, but it's also sad. So for those two emotions to play off each other in the song really hits and hits hard. Why they did not release this as a single, I'll never know, because I think this would have been massive for 90s radio. The reason, another reason this song had to make my list, the first time I saw Counting Crows live was at Irving Plaza in 2014 for the Somewhere Under Wonderland release show. And this was the song they opened with. Not a typical opening song. Not a get the crowd going and going crazy. They opened with this. And by that point, I had loved the song. So when I heard the piano starting for Sullivan Street, two minutes in, I was damn near in tears watching it because it's such a beautiful song and so unpredictable of an opener. Yeah. And the Part about that free concert, I do want to tell a fun story, even though this is a sadder song. The band was giving away free tickets to this show. And the way they were doing it, they were posting random places around New York and New Jersey with just a photo and a clue on social media. And I'm at work and I just started my lunch break. It's like 12.01. I open up my phone. I'm grabbing a bite of my sandwich and I scroll and I see Counting Crows and I see a picture of the building that's right next to where Vintage Vinyl was in Fords, New Jersey. We're here for the next hour. Pick up your free tickets for Irving Plaza for Sunday night. There was a three-day weekend that weekend, so we were off that Monday. I said, okay. So I'm literally running out the door of my office, eating this sandwich. I hop in my car because it's 30 minutes door-to-door. I booked it down to vintage vinyl, probably broke a few speed laws, got there. The guy was just about to... Got just about to pack up and head out. He's like, I got a couple extra tickets. Here you go, bud. Booked it back to work, was back at my desk 
at like 106. So I probably yeah. stole three <laughs> to four minutes of time and it gave <laughs> me one of the greatest concerts I got to see. Shout out on Twitter to our friend Brad at the Pop Culture Yearbook, Ed Engram, and once again, Ben Montgomery at Records Revisited, my track eight as well, Sullivan Street. So, Chris, we hand you the proverbial axe, <laughs> but you and Gomez are chopping it because he did not have it on his list either. A lot of the songs on his list, we haven't even touched tonight. Wow. So at the end wow. of the night, I'll read his list in its entirety so that people could hear his as well. Sure. Chris, we are back to you for track seven. And before I mention it, any story that has vintage vinyl in it, yeah, it's always a good tale. So sad they closed down now. Horrible. Horrible. I mean, it's such a loss. It really is. We have one in St. Louis still open, a vintage vinyl. Oh, cool. I think this is an individually owned shop. And they announced that they were closing and people just lost their collective minds, like anger about it. (laughs) Like they used to have bands go through there all the time and play live and do signings. Just a wonderful piece of the New Jersey indie record store scene that left. And it took a piece of all of us with them. So yeah, Jersey institution, man, really was. And with that, my track seven is, is Jersey actually. So it's, I'm going to 2014 somewhere under wonderland and it shouldn't be a shock then Brian it's Palisades park. That's, that's what I'm going for. My track seven. I am big on nostalgia. So I'm a Jersey boy. So I'm going to pick the song because it, it shares the name of a now defunct amusement park uh, in our state. The song's a long one. It's a long song. Uh, it's very different than what came before for the band, in my opinion. But I think it blends a couple of different musical styles into its narrative. And that's why I think it's so great. It's very heartfelt. The song is really heartfelt. Leads that nostalgia that I was talking about. It connects you immediately. That's one of the things that I like about the nostalgia in the song is that it can connect you to the song like that. Singers talking about youth, the crazy days that are spent with a friend. Then the friend goes missing and comes back into his life. And I think he's either a cross-dresser or a trans. And they meet up again in the present. And then all of that comes back together again. They're back. The atmosphere is back. The nostalgia is back. And the song is just truly unconventional, but it works. And I found a lot more fun to listen to than maybe it should be, considering it's like eight minutes. But that's my track seven. It's Palisades Park from somewhere under wonderland i i really do think it's a wonderful song and like i said it hits me mostly because of the nostalgia i absolutely love that song that as well as elevator boots were in my list at some point Mm -hmm. so now i will tell you right now it is a coin flip between palisades park and elevator boots (laughs) for my honorable mention yeah this song is fantastic i even wrote down my favorite lyrics as i was preparing for this because i was hoping to talk about it You walked into the bar like some Saturday star stud straight on spiked heels and needles and nerves. Uh And you're a downtown pride, fully amplified Clyde gin tied and Asian, but (laughs) well-preserved who puts those words together, (laughs) but it tells such an immediate story. You know exactly what you're seeing. Immediately. So visual. And I absolutely love the song, but sadly did not make my list, but absolutely awesome 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 pick dude and did you ever listen to, did you ever watch the video the video is oh great. the video is fantastic. Video's it's like fantastic. A movie. it's like a movie yeah it's awesome the video is so good tim palisades park did not make my list great song he's mentioned it in interviews that it's his favorite song that he's oh. written oh. and everything so i think just kind of the breakdown that brian just did i mean it's so just i don't know how you can sing it <laughs> let alone say it without messing up the words but sure it's just 
that visual, that combination, what it sparks and what you can kind of see. You can see that person walking into the bar. You can picture it real easy. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on to my track seven, we're going to have another first here at Playlist Wars. I'm closing out at track seven. It's ridiculous. So tracks eight through 10 are just y'all. I'm going to sit back and have a drink and you guys could talk amongst yourselves. (laughs) But my track seven is the song that I replaced for Elevator Boots. Now, I told you, Chris, at the beginning of the episode that I was not a fan of Mr. Jones because it was Mm -hmm. just a little poppy and a little too. Yet the song that I picked is even poppier than Mr. Jones (laughs) and even poppier than American Girls. And it's also on one of those teeter totters of is it a deep cut or is it a hit? Because it goes back to the 1994 compilation CD DGC Rarities Volume One. However, it was also on their 2003 Films About Ghosts compilation. Mm-hmm. I'm going with Einstein on the Beach, Born yeah. Eggman. <laughs> nice. So I consider it a deep pick because it was originally not put on August and everything after they felt it was too happy and yet they put Mr. Jones on there. So I'm a little confused by that logic, but to me, this song is a perfect snapshot of nineties, alternative pop rock. The song to me could have fit perfectly onto August and everything after. And I'm kind of surprised it didn't, but I'm glad it found a home on films about ghosts because most people are not searching for the DGC rarities compilation. Although I love that because that also has Nirvana's pay to play, which Tim, you and I talked about on the Nirvana Nevermind episode, because that was what became stay away. One of my favorite songs from Nevermind. I honestly thought I was going to be the only person talking about this song, but huge shout out on Twitter to Josh Zimmer, Michael's record collection podcast and LI sports fan who brought up this kind of a deep rarity from the band Einstein on the beach for an egg man, my track seven closing out. It came close. It was definitely in. It was one of the ones that had to get cut. And you said everything that needs to be said, so I won't go crazy and just waste time on it. But, dude, really, really good track and just etched out, like just missed my top 10. Tim. It's my track eight. All right. So first number one song on the modern rock chart for this band. So Mr. Jones only made it to number two. This was the mm-hmm. first number one song for them on nice. that chart, but super fun. It got played a lot here on radio, like a lot. So it was something that was sort of ingrained here um, in my head. And it's just, like you said, it, it should have gone on August and everything after it would have fit and everything. I think there's a couple of songs on that that I would probably boot for this, but fun song. I'm glad it made a nut. I'm glad it was on your list also, Brian. Yeah. And that's the thing. It did hit number one, Mm -hmm. but because in the nineties, you see, if we're talking about 2022, people are like, what the hell? I just grab it on my Spotify playlist. I know the song, but back in 1994, 1995, you were not finding this song unless you had the comp. So Mm -hmm. believe it or not, as much as I did not really get into the counting crows until 99 with Mrs. Potter's Lullaby, I had this comp in 94 for pay to play by Nirvana. So I did hear this song a lot. And this was one where I'm like, okay, I could dig this, not Mr. Jones. But that was kind of like I was drawing the hard line in the sand. And this was the song that actually replaced Elevator Boots for me in my track list because I wanted to mention that. But I love Elevator Boots, but now Palisades Park. (laughs) 
So you guys are now going to duke it out. Chris, you are up to track eight. And I'm just going to sit back and uh, hear you all out here. All right, we'll crack open the scotch. Go for it. So track eight, I'm going back to a crowd pleaser and what might be my single favorite song by the band. Uh, it's 1999's This Desert Life. I'm going with Hanging Around. And with this song, I find myself bopping my head up and down to this stupid song and tapping my feet, just like we were talking about American Girl and stuff like that. It, as soon as I hear the riff in my head, I start going like this. Uh, I start moving my head. We're on video, so the pod people can't hear it. But uh, so I'm, I'm bopping my head you. up I and saw down. It. You got it. Tim got it. <laughs> song is filled with great drum work, rousing guitar riffs. I mean, dude, you want to clap your hands the whole time and sing along. And... I love how this is kind of like in the period when the band, you know, started to think about getting a little more experimental. There's loops in this song, mm -hmm. blending piano into the bridge section. And as is typical, we said it a couple times tonight, the song's deeper than it sounds. The singer's kind of lost and figuring out what to do in life, spends days just partying up and smoking up and the parties are fun, but they're empty. There's nothing going on after that. Catchy song in the back half of my playlist here. I, like I said, this might be my single favorite song by then. Well, Adam said the song was about living a bit of a wildlife while simultaneously being scared that you didn't have a future. Mm -hmm. I'll be perfectly blunt. I replaced hanging around with Anna begins mm. as I was creating my last cup. Yeah. And I yeah. think Tim, you and I were going back and forth on DM this morning as I was doing it. So shout out to our friend, Eric at the two old pirates podcast who chimed <laughs> in with this one. It's a great name. This song just makes you happy, even though the lyrics are, that retrospective kind of feel. So I love the song. I love the looping. It's kind of got that Beach Boys pet sounds yep. Yep. interpretation that Adam brought into the song. So obviously didn't make my list, but dude, two thumbs up. I love it. Tim did not make my list, but it's a, it's really fun to see them do this in concert because yeah. they usually bring out the opening acts to kind of sing along with them and everything. And obviously the hand claps are a big part of the yep. song. So it's just, yep. it's, it's fun. I used to listen to this one on repeat all the time when I got this desert life and everything. So it's a really, really fun song. And it leads so perfectly into Mrs. Potter's lullaby on that yeah. album. I mean, like yeah. what a one, two punch, two. really yeah. like one of the best besides round here in Omaha yeah. from August yeah. To me, the second best would be hanging around into Mrs. Potter's lullaby. But mm -hmm. Tim, track nine. Okay, so my track nine is kind of my my sort of cool deep cut. This is the one kind of for me that if mm -hmm. I were making a playlist that I wanted to sh show people, this is Counting Crows, but this is a song that maybe you hadn't heard. This isn't something on the radio, but yeah. you'll be cool if you know this song. You could flexing tell other your people. muscles. <laughs> yes, yes, flexing my dreads. Um, <laughs> so back in the 90s on VH1, there's a documentary about the making of Recovering the Satellites that this song was featured prominently in it and trying to figure out kind of the final version of it. And sort of there's a lot of arguments about what the song should sound like and everything. But my favorite lyric from the song is in the absence of a place to be, she stands there looking back at me, hesitates, then turns away. She'll change so suddenly, she's just like Mercury. Yeah, but she's all right with me. So my track nine is Mercury from Recovering the Satellites. Nice. Great, great song. Not on my list. Awesome tune. Obviously did not make my list because I'm closed right. out. Really? That, that's a that, <laughs> shocker there. <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> I could, alert. I, I could pull a Gomez and maybe remove a song and replace <laughs> it, but 
No, that's a fantastic one. I love that song. I love recovering the satellites. But as you can see, I did go heavy on August because that album means so much to me now. And I normally don't lean into one album very often. But with this band, because I was going lyrically, that album just is to me damn near perfect lyrically. And that's why I kind of went to that album so many times. But I absolutely love the song and I'm, I'm kind of sad it didn't get on my list, but it would definitely be in a top 20 for sure. So, Chris, now your track nine. Sorry, I'm going to Recovering the Satellites for track nine. And it's uh, Daylight Fading is the song I'm going for my track nine. Uh, what a twangy song this is. Seriously, what a twangy, twangy song. It's a lot less moody than a lot of the songs in the album. You guys were just talking about the album itself. But I love the layered vocals on the track. When I re-listened mm. to it today, I was like, there's four very distinct, and there's probably more, but there are four very distinct vocal tracks in there. And they're so it's so pretty, the way they, they just fit together. It just moves very easily from verse to chorus to bridge, back to verse, chorus again. The song knows exactly what it is. And it goes a little bit back to the roots of their first album. And it reminds me of a lot of the jams that I sang along with to high school and college and it's just a really cool twangy song. So I went for number nine. As I start to end my playlist, I typically like to go to songs that, that get me to tap my feet again and make me, I might get deeper in the track, in the playlist and they get a little sad. I want to get happy again. So Daylight Fading is one of those songs. So that's my number nine. Obviously, again, didn't make my list, but on <laughs> <Shocker>. Twitter, <laughs> on Twitter, GPTHE3 chimed in with this one as well. So you're not alone with that pick. It's a deep cut. I love it. Tim? Didn't make my list. Um, I remember kind of reading the reviews of Recovering the Satellites and them mentioning the song and how it was very Eagles-like. Yeah. Sound. Yeah. yeah. So it had Absolutely. that kind of that sound to it and everything. And actually, I was picking up dinner tonight and listening to Recovering the Satellites and listening <laughs> to that song. And just it, it's a great song. Very, like you said, tap your toes and everything mm. and sing along to it real easily. So it's it's also a fun song when they play it live that everybody can kind of sing it yeah. along to it. Like I said, the twanginess of it. I mean, I know that yeah. sounds a little countryish. I hate to say that, but it that's that's exactly the first word that comes to it. Yeah. It's catchy as all hell. Right. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with twang, man. <laughs> I love me some twang. We're gonna be doing some country episodes on playlist wars in the future. So oh, okay, I'll ignore that. I'm joking. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> You'll listen to your YouTube episode again. Yeah, there you go. I'll still, the I'll still listen. I'll still listen. And so, I'll vote against Gomez. No, wait. No, I'm no Gomez won. We did one country episode on the show so far. It was Eric mm -hmm. Church, and Gomez won it like a Cinderella story. So there you go. There you go. All right. Moving on to track 10. Obviously, I'm closed. My pick was yep. Mrs. Potter's Lullaby. Yep. So, Tim, what are you closing yours out with? All right. So, my track 10. So, this is from one of their live albums. I'm kind of cheating a little bit once I get to what it, the pick is because it's from an, a previous album, but that's my way of getting away from my two song rule that I did. Um, <laughs> so it's A Murder of One from Across a Wire live in New York City, mm. They're live from 10 Spot. And I, um, the first time I saw them in concert, they closed out with this song and the live version just has so much energy and the way he's calling out to the crowd and getting them to participate. I love the fact that this is its from an old nursery rhyme, the lyrics and stuff. And it's where you get the counting crows from in it with the little, the one for sorrow, two for joy and everything like that. And 
Um, my favorite lyric from the song is there's a bird that nests inside you sleeping underneath your skin when you open up your wings to speak. I wish you'd let me in. And I just love that and love the kind of hopefulness that you're just mm -hmm. like, hey, this is you may have had a bad life. There may have been things going on with you, but just, hey, I'm here for you. Open up your wings. I'll be here to listen to you and everything. So just I the live version just hits a lot. It's a lot more upbeat and a little bit harder than the song. And um, and looking back, like the version from the album was supposed to be the first single instead of Mr. Jones, but he wouldn't edit it down because it was too long for radio. So that's Murder of One probably would have been more popular of a song and more of a staple kind of amongst sort of casual fans and everything. Yeah. Great song. You picked my favorite lyrics from the song. So thumbs up on that. Great album closer. Fantastic live. Just takes on a whole yeah. new level. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the bookends between Round Here and A Murder of One, just perfect for that album. Absolutely yeah. love it. Love the close. Love the asterisk that you were able to get away with sneaking in a third. <laughs> you see why I made my Rain King the live from New Amsterdam or else I would have had to explain why I had literally half my half playlist song, yeah. from August. But because it's my favorite album, I said, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to try it. I'm going to roll the dice, <laughs> try something else. Chris. There's one left. You said you were going hits. Mm -hmm. There's still a lot of hits right. on the table right now. So I am curious to see what you're closing your track list with tonight. And I will say I had to, you know, I had an opportunity to watch some YouTube videos and watch some live shows and everything. And going back to what you just said, Tim, they're a good live band. They are a good live band. And I'm happy. I wish I saw them more. Um, but, you know, just taking a look at some of their videos online, their audience participation is great. They usually hit it. I mean, they're not like, you know, some bands are screwing up left and right, which is part of the fun. Not them. Um, just, uh, you know, it was definitely cool seeing some of those videos on YouTube. So I'm glad I got a chance to do some of this research. Even if you want to call it that, it was fun. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, so this is probably a travesty for Tim because he's a super fan. So this last song might be a travesty for him. But uh, I just don't care. I end my playlist always on something that's that's catchy, always on something that's fun. And I'm going for Accidentally in Love. 2004 and it's off the shrek 2 album it's from that movie who doesn't like shrek for the love of god who doesn't like shrek and these are the way like i said i like to end these lists dude counting crows did not phone it in with this stupid song they could have they could have gone very corporate they could have done like what we hear at the end of like the lego movies and stuff like that which are great but they're like you know like stupid poppy whatever they didn't and i know it's a simple silly song i know that but it's got great hooks fun vocals just talking about how love hits you hard, how it messes you up. You go head over heels over somebody. You're in love, especially new love, right? Brand new love. It's just a great, and being in a band too, it's such a great song to play in front of people. Such a great song to cover and get people just dancing and hopping around and everything. And crowds love it. And when I'm ending a playlist on my phone, in my car, whatever it is, I like songs that basically keep me moving past the final chord, ring out a little bit, simple fun that's this song so i again probably from an uber fan that's kind of like oh come on bro but accidentally in love i think is really just a good song and a lot of fun dude you're not alone with that gomez had that as his track too on mm -hmm. his playlist patreon playlister dr owens 901 chimed in with that lauren from the beard owl podcast chimed in with that Good people. And our friend Bobby at the F and Culture podcast said it played as my wife and I left our wedding ceremony. It was a Shrek themed wedding. I had great. to have it. 
so I think that's absolutely awesome. I love the pick. It's a great song. It's so catchy. It's so much fun. I have kids, so I've seen every Shrek movie 17 million times. This one doesn't bother me at all. And you know what? Did you ever hear Adam's quote? He said something, and don't quote me. It's it's along these lines. He was like, I love having a song that my kids, like they can hear my music. You know what I mean? Like they're watching this movie. They're five years old, whatever it is. They're into it, and they can hear my music now. They can hear dad sing. That's freaking awesome. That is awesome. Now, obviously, Tim, it didn't make your playlist, but if you'd like to chime in on that one. <laughs> so I'm not offended that that's good. It, that's it good. made the list. <laughs> that's good. I mean, look at the Beatles. Look at all their mm. Paul McCartney wrote a silly little pop song. Like yeah. it's you too, like sweetest thing. Yep. Yep. Almost similar to accidentally in love. It's just a silly love song. And there's nothing wrong with that. And so I, I mean, it was nominated for an Oscar. So yeah. 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 I have no issue with it. It's a fun song. You can sing along with it. I think it's great that there are songs that your kids can listen to of bands that you really love. (laughs) That's cool. And that's a great entryway to those kinds of relationships. So I feel a little better now. I feel a little (laughs) bit better. (laughs) Well, before we get into our honorable mention chime ins, I do want to give a shout out to Anthony Welk, who is one of our Patreon members. He chimed in with a couple of songs that we didn't talk about tonight. One of them was 1492. It's a great song. Mm-hmm. And another one, which was Colorblind. Oh, that's a great from tune. From Cruel Intentions. It's Obviously, such a great tune. that made Gomez's Gomez, track yeah. list at track yeah. six. That's a great tune. Love that song. Shocked nobody picked that one. Because I was close, really, man. I was really debating on that one. That's a gorgeous song. Absolutely gorgeous and perfect in the Cruel Intentions movie. Absolutely. Love it Absolutely. in that. So with that being said, it's time to kind of tip the hat to each other and go with our honorable mention picks of the night. Tim, why don't we start with you, man? All right. So I have, I guess, three that are all in contention. Angels of the Silences, She Don't Want Nobody Near, and Anna Begins. And I mentioned my friend Patty, who called me stupid with the way that I set my rules. And her favorite song is Anna Begins. So I well, could I do that for her but again she called me stupid so i don't know that i should reward that (laughs) that's Um, great so my track 11 i'm gonna go with angels of the silences all right giving it the honorary trifecta very cool chris my honorable mention i'm surprised it didn't even make the list when i was originally doing it but there were just some songs that edged it out as we talked throughout the night we know just songs just edged them out just missed it round here is my honorable mention god i love that song Love it. And when I was doing my uh, my re-listen, that one got listened to about three times when I was listening to these. Round here is just an awesome song. Yeah, and for me, I'm literally flipping a coin between Elevator Boots and Palisades Park. I'm going to give the edge, though, to the song that I saw when I saw that free show at Irving Plaza. Mm-hmm. And it was the encore, Palisades Park. It's a very untraditional song. Musically, it's adventurous. And it's kind of in parts. It almost feels like it's telling a story kind of the way round here starts the playlist in this almost all over the map way. And I think it's a great way to close it with an honorable mention. So I'm going to tip my hat to you, Chris, on that one. But I love the song. And now before we read our playlist in in its in their entirety, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go through Gomez's first. Take off your shirt. Get the sleeveless going. (laughs) (laughs) 
So unfortunately, I don't know what his honorable mention will be because he's not here with us tonight. So we'll we'll have to chime in about that. Maybe he said it was something I picked. (laughs) (laughs) There you go, Tim. So Gomez's track list is as follows, although it will not be counted in the voting tonight because he didn't get to make his cases for any of the songs. (laughs) Track one, Mr. Jones. Track two, Accidentally in Love. Track three from Butter Miracle, he went with Angel of 14th Street, which is another good one. Track four, Big Yellow Taxi. Mm. Track five, I'm sorry. That would have been the one one I would have been offended by if that was the one. (laughs) That's what I would have ripped them on, but I love them and I won't do it. But I'm not a fan of that one. I'm a covers guy too, by all means, but that one just didn't do it for me. Track five, A Long December. Track six, Colorblind. Track seven, Holiday in Spain. That's a great Mm, one. Wow. Track eight, Round Here. Track nine, I love this pick. Their cover of Pure Prairie League's Amy. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Great. So to me, him putting that in makes up for Big Yellow Taxi. Nah. (laughs) (laughs) And then he closed it with another song from August and everything after that. None of us talked about Time and Time Again, which is another beautiful song. That's a good so tone. strong yeah, that's a good playlist, tone. Gomez, but not in voting contention tonight because you did not get to make your case. Well, Although, good job. My God, I would love to hear a kind of a post episode where you make the case for Big Yellow Taxi. <laughs> so if you're listening, be prepared. Please have Tim on that episode. Yeah. <laughs> this is good. I will say with Holiday in Spain that if that would have probably jumped in as my extra track. Nice. Nice. But, very I'll cool. stick with Angels of the Silences, too. All <laughs> right. So with that being said, Tim, why don't you run us through your track list in its entirety? All right. Track one, Rain King. Track two, Mrs. Potter's Lullaby. Track three, Friend of the Devil. Track four, Elevator Boots. Track five, Along December. Track six, St. Robinson and his Cadillac Dream. Track seven, Sullivan Street. Track eight, Einstein on the Beach. Track nine, Mercury, and track 10, A Murder of One. Chris? Track one, Mr. Jones. Track two, Rain King. Track three, A Long December. Track four, You Can't Count on Me. Track five, American Girls. Track six, Angels of Silences. Track seven, Palisades Park. Track eight, Hanging Around. Track nine, Daylight Fading. And track 10, From Shrek 2, Accidentally in Love. My honorable mention, round here. My track one, Round Here, track two, Along December, track three, Angels of the Silences, track four, Omaha, Omaha, (laughs) track five, She Don't Want Nobody Near, track six, Anna Begins, track seven, Einstein on the Beach, track eight, Sullivan Street, track nine, Rain King, live from New Amsterdam, track 10, Mrs. Potter's Lullaby, with my honorable mention going out to Palisades Park. We had two trifectas tonight the main trifecta and a quadfecta because of gomez's list along december rain king was a trifecta with an asterisk because i went with a live version but we do count that and then the honorary trifecta because tim chose it as his honorable mention angels of the silences you have three distinct playlists so now playlisters we turn the episode over to you head over to playlistwarspodcast.com visit our Counting Crows page and vote for which one of the three of us you think got it right. 
Chris, before we close up shop for the evening, why don't you let people know where they can tune into the Film Exiles as well as connect with you on social media? Absolutely. And the Film Exiles are starting up again. Thank God. I'm so happy. Uh, we're going to be recording some new episodes. And um, thanks. First off, thanks for having me on. This was a blast, as always. And I'm happy to do it. Uh, happy to guest anytime and, and help you guys out. You guys are awesome. You do such good work. And I'm a music fan. I'm a movie fan. This is right up my alley. And uh, hopefully everybody out there likes it. And this, this is great. So thanks for having me having me be a part of it. Um, Film Exiles, our podcast. Hey, man, everybody out there, it's like a franchise shill. They're all out there with their blogs and everything like that. You got to love Disney. You got to love Warner Brothers. There's so many other movies out there that deserve love. And that's what we do. And we review all those. We talk about them. We break them down. And yeah, we're still going to break down Marvel and Star Wars and all the rest of them as well. And still have a blast with all those. We may have broken uh, some news today, by the way, with the air cut of Suicide Squad. So check us out and see what we posted and the footage that we posted on Twitter at the Film Exiles, also on the Vero social media app at the same place at the Film Exiles. I'm Chris. You can hit me up on Twitter at Chart6363. Chris, dude, thank you so much for filling in for Gomez tonight. You know, the three of us have talked offline. So we both sincerely, sincerely appreciate you chipping in during this. Happy and to. We will see you again in two weeks <laughs> when I will get my butt royally handed to me during the 2000s movie soundtracks episode. Look forward to talking more movie soundtracks with you, although I am going to try to pull out some kind of movie magic to a bunch of flicks I haven't seen. Looking forward to it, dude. Thank you again. It really means the world to us are happy to absolutely and you guys are friends and buddies and i'm happy to do it and yeah this might be a little tough man because unlike 80s and 90s where you get a bunch of tracks and pop songs 2000s are a little rougher so this we're gonna have to go deep on this one we're gonna have definitely to go and that's where i'm hoping i could find something <laughs> that i could find some sort of string to pull on to kind of find whatever thread it is to beat one of you two in a movie themed episode <laughs> but i'll always have christmas now so i'm okay with that <laughs> tim once again dude Thank you so much for joining us. You've been absolutely fantastic tonight. Cannot wait to have you back on the show again. I absolutely love, love, love talking music with you. Good to meet you, Tim. Thanks for having me. It was great meeting you too, Chris. And anytime you want me on, I'm on. So I love doing, I love talking about music, love the format of this. And so it's just a, a great time for me. Well, the honor was both ours. Gomez, we look forward to having you back in a couple of weeks, man. Nothing but love to you and the family. Playlisters, thank you guys so much for listening. You know you can find us at PlaylistWarsPodcast.com. If you'd like to support the show, head over to Patreon.com slash PlaylistWars and select the tier that works best for you. And stay tuned until next week because a new battle will be taking place on Playlist Wars once again. Good night, everybody. You can find Playlist Wars on Facebook and Twitter at Playlist Wars, on Instagram at Playlist Wars Podcast, on email at playlistwars at gmail.com, or via voicemail at 201-644-6498. That's 201-644-6498. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a five-star review, and be sure to tell a friend or multiple friends about the show. Until next time, thanks for listening.